As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures. There's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Siobhan Reddy, current studio director at Media Molecule. So join us as we explore our journey. Just before we get started, a few little notes. This episode's a rough one. There was a few things working against Siobhan and I during this particular conversation, from an internet outage, to a limited amount of time that we had to work with, to some poor audio quality on Siobhan's end. We've made it work, I've cleaned it up as much as possible, and I hope you enjoy what is still a fantastic conversation with one of the brightest minds in this business. Siobhan is a fantastic guest, I loved having her on the show, so please kick back and enjoy. So today I'm joined by Siobhan, how are you? I am doing very well, very nice to be here, great to be back in Australia. Yeah, that must be exciting with all the the various restrictions and the like that have been imposed on all of us over the last few years, I'm sure it must be fantastic to get home. Oh, it's brilliant, yeah, it's great to see my parents, can't wait to now (laughs) see the rest of my siblings. How long is the stay? Uh, I'm actually uh, here still, yeah, just after Christmas. Um, oh, great. So I'm um, working from uh, Australia for a period of time and then have some holiday. In terms of uh, time zones, I guess, and syncing up with the team, does that uh, bring about some challenges? Uh, I mean, luckily, um, I can be a night owl, so I'm, okay. um, I'm a, you know, it, is, it is absolutely fine. Uh, and because we're all still working from home, um, everybody's oh, just still, so basically, I just have a new background. Oh, that's um, right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's been great so far and very nice to be able to do that while also getting some home-cooked meals from my mum. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's always good. I'm, yeah, always good. I think I'm bringing my mum over tonight, actually, so maybe I can see if I can flip the script on her and get her to prepare something for me. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, so this is Dev Diary, a series where we talk to developers and throughout the industry. They share their stories, their experiences, and the journey that's led to this current point in time. So Siobhan, we're going to talk about some fantastic titles that you've been a part of and some really awesome achievements that you've you've made along the way. But before we get to all that, I'd love to rewind to a point before you actually got into, into the industry and talk about some of your earliest gaming experiences. Do you recall what the first game was that you played or even some of the first games were that you played? Yeah, I mean, um, things like, you know, we've had um, Game Watch when we were kids yep. and um, Mega Drive and like, you know, I we played lots of games together as kids but i have to say it was that they're not the omnipresent thing that was part of my like um um uh entertainment yes so i probably have like i have memory a lot of memories of playing various different games with my with my brother and my little sister and then loads of lego and then loads of like board games and like you know loads of dress up and like basically play was really Uh, of my childhood and playing out in like bush as well like going out to the creek and bowling and all that kind of stuff yeah nice Uh, yeah so i think like for me it was a but like i think whenever i think when i go back in time i really have a lot of these memories of um playing uh um uh things like um definitely the game watch donkey kong like and arguing and arguing and arguing to have it from my brother's and sister uh, and then things like um, Golden Axe, like oh uh, yeah, okay. I remember playing that a lot with like um, with my brother when I was uh, a little, yeah. And and yeah, so that they were some of the sort of um, really young game experiences. But it was 
probably Resident Evil that was like the moment that it sort of was the turning point game for me, where I actually found something that game that I actually really loved and yeah. have loved the series ever since. Was that, I guess, similar sort of style of question? Was is that a turning point in terms of your potential pursuit to get yeah. into the industry? Was would that be about the same time as well? Yes. Oh, yes. fantastic! Yeah. What was it about Resident Evil in particular that really hit? Uh, I think because it was, um, I mean, so moody and like um, it was. It 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 made me feel like I was uh, there. It was serious. And it was, um, you know, I really, I just, I loved the world. I liked the concept of like, you know, saving, you know, the, the world from this, what was going on. I loved yep. the mystery of it. Um, loved that it kind of unfolded and you didn't quite know exactly what was happening. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, it has that really great start where you, it feels a bit like a movie and you kind of have sort of landed in there and you've got to go and just start figuring out what's going on. Uh, I like that it wasn't cute. I like that it was kind of, you know, uh, and I love horror, so I'm a very big horror fan. Oh, great. Um, it's all the horror, horror movies and um, all that kind of stuff. So, like, I think for me, it, t- it ticked a lot of boxes. Plus it was like, um, you know, the thing that I loved about, I think what it was at that point was it, I was looking for things that bound together a bunch of my different interests of, like, movies, fi- um, theatre, art, music, um, narrative yep. technology and it, yeah it was a sort of example of that that really really captured me and so that was obviously an important moment in deciding that hey this is something I want to pursue so how did that journey begin because I've got, I've got a few credits along the way I, you know, I cite things like Perfect Entertainment for example where you worked yeah. on Discworld Noir and then, obvi- and then yeah. obviously uh, Criterion and eventually Media Molecule but how did that pathway in actually start to take place? I think it, I mean, it really started from like being young and um, I think, you know, during the 90s, there was like this period where like technology was developing alongside like my interests, you know, so I was like really interested in, um, and I was very encouraged as well, like, you know, I was very encouraged by my family of different... um, Always helps. Yeah. So, you know, absolutely. So... um, I, you know, I think I collected hobbies and I collected interests and I was kind of always finding, the, like I'm, I was born a producer probably, like I was finding <laughs> these things together and being like, well, how do I work, take a bit of that and a bit of that and bind those things together? Um, and, you know, around that time, like um, there was a lot more of like internet culture was sort of starting and being able to actually sort of see what people were doing with web and like how they were binding the web experiences. Yep. Um, and so all those things kind of started to coalesce. I met somebody who had made video games and that was made me sort of go, oh, right, this is a thing that you can actually do. Um, and that was kind of, I think with these things, sometimes it's just like hearing that it is a possibility to actually make these things. And I had been really interested in making movies and I'd been really interested in music. And I think like it got to, it sort of uh, at a point where I um, then, just so thought, games, yeah, Resident Evil, yeah, I want to give this a go. Um, and, um, you know, I did that thing which people do around that age, and I moved to the, decided to do a couple of years in the UK. Yep. And I moved over, and then there, that's where I got my uh, foot in the door with uh, Perfect, um, hired by Lucy Black, who now I still work with to this day. It's great um, when things come full circle, right? 
Yeah, yeah, no, Lucy and I worked together for a long, long time, and so yeah, she worked with the molecule. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of the foot in, and and at that point, I think I wasn't really sure whether or not games would be for me forever. Um, but it was just sort of another kind of interest. And at, in the early days, the thing that I actually really loved was um, uh, learning about the process and all of the different types of people that it took to make a game. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that's kind of fascinating to me is like, and still is, is like all of these different skills that are required to come together and um, all like somehow flow together to make yeah. this thing that ends up on the screen. And it's, it's a really interesting combination. So for many years, that was the thing that I really, um, sort of, you know, was, was just an incredible, like it was an incredible learning experience those early years of just like, who are the people that make them? What does it take to make them? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's something, even for me, just through the, the nature of this show and having spoken to 70-odd different people at this point for the, for the show over the journey and hearing slight little variants of, well, this is how I, how I got into it and what I saw and what I experienced. And as much as I'm not actually hands-on in the, in the process of creating games myself, I feel like I've learned so much about it just through this format and just those little subtleties that can vary from from person to person, from from team to team, and it's it's really really fascinating. So I'm sure that would have been a really valuable experience. But was it a scary one when you first? I mean, at 18, you you're moving overseas and yeah, I mean, you know, now, jumping I, in. now I have a friend whose children are 18, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I was such a baby, um, <clears throat> so naive. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, it, it was, um, but you know, my parents had had a shoe shop growing up so I had kind of worked there and I had done like various bits of work experience and working in yep. Sydney yep. and some places um, and like you know record shop and like a web design company before I'd gone so I was not daunted by work work yep. wasn't daunting um, I was more I was you know but I was I was really green you know I knew nothing I knew, I knew less than nothing about like what you could have to make a game and so I think for me the thing was really learning I had to learn quite quickly um, and then when I moved on from perfect and went to criterion uh, I was really lucky there to work for Fiona Fiona Sperry and um, she um, really taught me a lot about production and really taught me about and team, like teams of production and you know and being part of Criterion through those early years where basically it was sort of that change from you know but the goals the company goal was basically changing to yeah. being like you need to make instead of making like uh, we want to make a game that is a critical and commercial success um, was just I was really lucky amazing like right place right time to actually see that that journey that Criterion went on um, and um, uh, and, and to have somebody who was a great mentor to be able to kind of help me break it down. And fortunate enough to work on some really acclaimed titles in that period as oh, well, which I'm sure, yeah. I mean, oh, there's, a, there's a lot of love for especially, I mean, both uh, Burnout 3 and 4, there's a lot of love out there. Certainly a few oh. people amongst my team at Player 2 that just, as soon as the topic even comes up, they're, they're, <laughs> there's a bit of froth appearing at the corners of the mouths. So, oh, yeah, no. Um, so must have been a very exciting time. It was, you know, I think um, it was a, uh, you know, it was a very, um, yeah, it was an amazing time actually because when we all came together as a studio to work on Burnout 3, um, obviously there had been Burnout 1 and 2, which the Burnout team had been making before that, which were obviously the seeds of what was to come. 
But Burnout 3 was the sort of game that we all made together. And um, it was, we all learned a lot, I think, you know, um, about what it takes. What, well, I don't know, we all learned a lot about what, I guess, um, what we did to evolve the game from where it had been to where it ended up. And um, we got a lot of help to do that. Like um, EA, you know, helped us with various people that they brought in um, to uh, to sort of. They had at that point they were sort of working with lots of effects people and things who sort of really did, you know, gave us some great advice about like, you know, just turning everything up to 100, basically. Um, which sounds really simple, but um, you know, you sometimes when you're making these, you almost get like. A bit stuck in the subtleties of things, or you can't you can't see the wood for the trees. But I, I distinctly remember these various moments when making that, where it was like where you could really start to see, um, you know, uh, the real vision of this kind of um, what burnout takedown became um, start to form, and it was sort of moving on from sort of being almost like a very understated version of it to being the version of it that it that it became. It was always in there. But it was just like finding, know, just it. finding it and like really allowing it to come out and allow it almost being unashamed of the sparks and all of the effects and getting it to the point where there was too much and needed to be turned down. Um, and all just learning all the tricks of the trade of like, you know, how you get that sense of speed and how you like get all of these sort of get people feeling all of these emotions. Um, and then that do makes all the sense. Yeah, lots of user testing and like getting people playing it, and you know, really wanted it to be pick up and play. So yeah, it was, it was a really, really, really informative and very formative time. Yeah. So the next step from here is, I guess, leading up to our current day, which is Media Molecule. How did that jump from Criterion to Media Molecule actually occurred? Was there a tap on the shoulder? Was it just the perfect storm? A few few things aligning. What yeah, happened there? I mean. Um, so uh, Criterion and um, is in Guildford in the UK, yeah. and um, it's a, there's a lot of games companies there. So um, Bullfrog um, started there, and um, and then also then uh, 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 Lionhead was there. And so when you know in those early days, excuse me, of Criterion, you know there's various pubs in Guildford where we would just all like all the games companies would all just hang out in and still do to this day. Like, I have heard this story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot, yeah, it's, it's a great, you know, it's a great community. Um, and, you know, so I knew um, Mark and Alex and um, Kareem uh, from, um, I knew them as friends. Uh, I didn't know Dave. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we, you know, so we all knew each other socially. And after Burnout 4, I would have been a criteria for seven years. And uh, I was just ready for something new. And I was actually at that point thinking, maybe it's time for something new, new, like time to run a race theater or something and do something completely different. Right. Um, and I then sort of got chatting to them about what they were going to be doing at a Christmas party that I was having. And we just started to talk because it was like, I was kind of at the end, they knew that I was, um, you know, I'd been on this, um, you know, uh, make a game every year or 18 months type thing for a little while. So in terms of production, I was able to start and finish a game. And they were really looking, you know, they had come from Lionhead where they were really looking to um, be able to take the creative ideas that they had and actually release them into something that they, you know, just take the ideas and release them. And so we sort of, we're like natural partners. And actually as people, we had a lot of creative overlap, you know, like, um, and, um, 
so yeah, so that's kind of how that, and then maybe I got an, Alex got in touch with me and was like, oh Mark, I can't remember, one of them got an email, 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 please come, you know, will you, will you come and join us for production? And I was like, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, did you need to think twice at all or was it a very instantaneous? Really, no, no, no instantaneous, because I admired them so much and still do. Like, you know, I had, um, they were friends, but also I was seeing the types of really cool projects that they were doing. And I just liked them. And I really wanted to be able to um, explore something different. And you know, having made burnout series for a period of time, it was amazing. But um, I was a bit I of burnout, very, burnout. A little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, at that point, just really wanted to be able to, you know, do something more creative and actually have the opportunity to be able to build a studio culture yeah. and be able to take the learnings that I'd had from everything that I'd had from prior to that just to help build something um, from the ground up and that was an, like what an amazing experience and how lucky am I like I think that's the thing that is um, I just yeah count my lucky stars basically that they they gave me that opportunity because it's been fantastic I mean purely as an outside observer the things I hear just from people I might have encountered along the way or people who know people that that networking sort of component I only ever hear fantastic things about everything that you and the team have achieved in not not just in terms of the the products themselves but just how that studio runs how everyone collaborates how all those interactions occur I've only ever heard amazing things so congratulations to to you and the and the entire team on everything you've done over this over this journey so far at Media Molecule. Oh thank you um you know to me it's like a constant work in progress so um, yeah, you're never done, are you? You're never done, and I think that's the thing is like culture is something that has to be continuously cultivated. Um, but like, I think the thing that is um, the thing that I love about the molecules, like we have such an amazing group of people. Like they are all absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And you know, we do take our time to hire the right people to make sure that we're sort of cultivating that culture. But also, like, I think that. Um, Ideas, like one of the things that I think is really important is we have to have an environment where people feel comfortable talking about their ideas, you know, and we have to be able to celebrate, find a way also for it to always feel creative. And I think that um, these things are quite challenging because you also have to underpin it with some, you know, organisation and process. And and I think, you know, that's the sort of constant, um, the constant sort of, uh, um, thing we're doing is looking at how do we make sure we can maintain a creative environment where people are talking about ideas, where we are growing, evolving, uh, where we're releasing those ideas. And yeah, and some years are easier than others, and some years are more difficult. But like you know, it's, it's definitely 16 in January, and yep, you know yep. we've had wonderful years, we've had hard years, we've had what you know years ups and downs. It's nature of the business. Downs. And I think the thing is like. Um, being able to go on that journey with a group of people is just, yeah, such a privilege. They're awesome. I love them. Great to hear. And in terms of the products themselves, I mean, I think that shows in everything that's come out from, of Media Molecule over the journey as well, from from the Little Big Planet titles to Tear Away and most recently Dreams. The Like that, what you've just described and how I think it's brought out the best in everyone and it's led to some unbelievably creative final products. I, I, I guess if you can even call them final products because even the, the sheer nature of them means that they're constantly evolving, and you're mm-hmm. you're embracing what the communities can bring to these uh, to these titles as well. It's, but in terms of the, I guess the product that goes on the shelf, for want of a better phrase, like they are phenomenal, and you can really see just incredible creativity that 
I don't think it's possible to come from one person. It's it's so many people and their input over the journey. It's it's amazing to see. And so when it comes to things like dreams these days, and I guess connecting to uh, one of the more recent points of discussion there, it's that is a constantly evolving title and we're seeing things like the Ancient Dangers um, content pack that's coming. There's the, the Dream Shaping 2.0 updates. What has that been like with this, I guess, initially a final product that continues to evolve, continues to change, and we're seeing these massive um, additions coming in the, the imminent future. What's that been like to be a part of? Yeah, yeah it's great. Like, um... I mean, we um, we are um, learning so much operating this live service. Like I, you know, when we released Dreams last year, um, we've been doing many different things just to do, um, learn about the audience, learn about what resonates, learn about engagement, all these sorts of things. And like, um, I really, uh, you know, so throughout this year, we did a bunch of the sort of collaborative community things, Dreamscom, All Hallows, Mega Penguin, and we're doing the MPs. Yep. Um, and all of those things sort of were really interesting to actually sort of almost um, be uh, uh, working, you know, see what creators will do with various different um, uh, opportunities, uh, as well as them making their own content. So I've loved, 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 loved seeing those things. Um, but yeah, the, the new things that have been sort of coming out over the last little while. So the first one that we did recently was the uh, Brian Cox stream. Um, I don't know if you saw that, but that was really good. That was a um, a game jam all based on um, brand new planets. And then Brian Cox, Professor Brian Cox did a, uh, a, did a stream with us to sort of review, um, a kind of review whether or not these planets could exist um, in the, out there. And that was fascinating because, I mean, he is just absolutely amazing to listen to. Um, and I thought that was a really, really cool collaboration to do. We've just done the Ghostbusters one. And that again was a um, another partnership that where we actually partnered with the community on that. So a lot of what, a lot of the things that we've been doing is really looking at ways for us to, uh, you know, work with, uh, just collaborate with the community constantly. The new one of Ancient Dangers, that is a, uh, like it's about a two and a half hour game experience. Um, beautiful, funny. It's kind of, I love it because it is a, um, you know, I'm, I'm very partial to a dungeon crawler. It's got lots of really funny creatures. Yep. Um, and um, I'm really I'm really looking forward to people getting their hands on it. And what I love about any of these things is they push us as a team to learn new, new skills. And the Dream Shaping 2.0 update, so um, that is basically then providing creative people with templates. And these are a little bit more focused in on sort of game genres. So the the with the sort of view that um, you know when you're releasing a tool, you're always learning like what do people, what what how do we help um, educate yeah, provide education for people on um, uh, in in different ways. And so we have the tutorials that they are, but yeah, we decided that for um, this update we have a go at sort of. Some more more gamey uh, more gamey approach, um, and so we have um, the temp game templates that sort of come with that update. Um, and you know, I, I think they're really cool. Like for me, I'm I'm not a black camera person. I need a bit of a I need a bit of constraints. Yes. I need a starting point, and so I think that I'm really looking forward to people taking these starting points and seeing what they do with them because, uh, yeah, I think that I think it'll birth a whole new. Kind of genre, bunch of genres within dreams, and I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, and so, yeah, and a solid foundation for for everyone, really. I mean, I, I sounds like I'm of a similar sort of mind as you. I, mm-hmm. As a creator, it's not my my strength. I guess that side that side of the experience, whether it was Little Big Planet or even in the case of Dreams here, but to have some basic 
basic stepping stones to work with, I think will set up those who maybe aren't feeling as confident to actually get out there, get themselves familiarized with, with the systems at play and then start to progress towards the point that so many others are already at. Yeah. And I think that like when I didn't do all the way out to sort of think about like, how is it, what is, what is it, what is the experience like making this, um, being involved with this whole thing? Um, I think the, the overriding feeling I have is like, I'm loving pe- seeing people participate with dreams. I'm loving seeing what people, uh, what, what people create. I'm also really enjoying seeing how our team are responding. You know, like we brought in editorial and curation for the first time this year. So we've had two curators all year. We've had Jen Simpkins, who's a tutorial manager, basically doing all sorts of, you know, doing, uh, launching like the Insider, and um, and I am really, you know, I think what we're we're as a, as a group of people, we are always looking to learn. Uh, see what we can learn about what is going on and then respond to that and amplify things or change approach when we need to. Um, but it's amazing to actually still see, you know, if I look a year on, we've just launched the MP, the, MP, uh, the third MPs, so they're our award program, award. Um, uh, February next year, correct? February next year, yeah. Um, and then every one of the MPs, you see the sort of progression on of like what people are making, what direction they've, they've gone. And so it's always a really interesting moment for the project because it's a moment where you sort of get to sort of step back and have a look at what's going on. Um, and this is, you know, the last ones that we had there was just, you know, it was an amazing moment to see some of the, the, the to have that sort of step back moment. And um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I think that, you know, I love that like games are, Something like dreams is more than a game. It is a celebration of creativity. It's also, you know, it is a platform. It is all of these things, and we are, you know, we are just sort of continuously learning and uh, responding and enjoying um, seeing what people are people are making and um, and uh, and then responding to that ourselves and making, you know, continuously sort of adding in new content like ancient dangers now. A little editing note here: we had an internet dropout. So unfortunately, we had to kind of skip towards the end of the conversation following this. Thank you for bearing with us. I guess we'll, we'll quickly we'll wrap things up. We are we are running out of time, so a, a quick a few quick rapid fire ones. Um, is there anyone out there that's really inspired you in the way you go about your work? Uh, many people. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Todd Howard from Bethesda, Andy Kmet from uh, Gorilla. Um, I think they're, you know, they're two people that I admire. Megan Scavio, who runs uh, uh, Dice Awards now, ran GDC for many, many years. Uh, they're three people who have really inspired me. Fantastic choices. Uh, and a couple of little curly ones as we wrap up. If you could be credited for any game that's ever existed, just oh. go back and retroactively add your name in there. It's just being in some way responsible for it. What game would you pick? Would it be Resident Evil? I, I, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's, it's it's a bit weird, kind of claiming uh, claiming something you never did. But I guess even, I mean, if, you got, think, even if it was I special, think thanks. Instead of claiming the credit, if I could have been involved in a medieval game, I would have loved to have been involved. Whatever. Fantastic yeah. choice. And if you could go back and replay any game, so just strike it from your memory and get to re-experience that title for the first time again. Is there a game that you could imagine yourself picking? Uh, what would that be? Um, do you know actually? I'd actually love to play one of my own, one of the games that I've made oh, yeah. without having the memory of making it. That would um, be quite cool. Not that the memories are bad, but it's more like 
once you've made when you've made a game, you just know it so well that you forest from the trees and all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that makes I, sense. Mean, I would play, play any of my own games that I've made. Um, yeah, Burnout Three, Little Big Planet One, probably being the two that I pick out. Oh, fantastic choices. Now, we'll wrap things up there. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show and sharing this journey so far. I uh, just really quickly want to chat out all the incredible accomplishments that you've made across the journey, that things that have been formally recognized as well from the BAFTAs and, sev and several other little uh, achievements along the way. You've been doing some fantastic things. We spoke about the studio culture and everything you're trying to create there. You were doing wonderful things throughout this industry. So thank you so much for giving me half an hour of your time um, oh, well, to be able to pick your brain about that. <laughs> thank you very much that's very kind and i enjoyed it very much thank you good uh good luck with everything to come and again thank you for coming on the show Sorry. thank you and listeners as always thank you very much for listening i'll see you next time That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you would like me to reach out to in an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until the next episode, however, that's been Siobhan's story. Thank you much for listening, and I'll see you next time.